What's going on, my brothers and sisters around the world? It's your boy, Terrell Humphrey, Bullish T, Face Knowledge, Face Knowledge, Bullish T, and Terrell Humphrey. And for episode 14, I'm telling you, it's gonna be something crazy because I got I got my brother David Santiago, former Marine, currently an entrepreneur. Listen, listen, the, the, the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. David, what it do, brother? Absolutely, Terrell. What's good, my brother? Man, I can't call it, man. How was your week? It was good. It was productive, man. You know, hustling always. Hustlers always. Mm -hmm. Now, how about you? Man, I can't same. Hustling and grinding, grinding and hustling. <laughs> yeah, well, first and foremost, I appreciate you um, you know, inviting me on to your to your platform, man. Mm -hmm. I love what you're doing. You know, again, like you said, you know, we're both Marines, so I love to see another Marine, you know, jumping on and, and doing his thing, doing great things. Yes, sir. First, man, I, I appreciate you for coming on. Please, please introduce yourself. Let, let, let the people know who you are, what you do, where you're from. All right. So uh, my name is David Santiago. I am originally from the South Bronx, New York. But, you know, now that, uh, you know, the chips are right, I took that and ran up north into the uh, the beautiful country of Carmel, New York. Uh, by trade, I am a scalp micropigmentation artist. So essentially what I do is, is a non-surgical hair loss restoration uh, procedure where I take micro needles and pigment and I make impressions onto the scalp replicating hair follicles. Uh, I'm also the owner of Sandport Group, which is a transportation and logistic company, uh, 18 wheelers, we do transportation. Um, also the co-owner of Sandport Logistics, which is, also involved in the transportation industry. I'm also a co-owner of a teeth whitening, um, teeth whitening business. I also own Scalp Solutions grooming products. And I am also the host of the Scalp Solutions podcast. And that's it for right now. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you do a lot. You that's that's amazing. Cause like, did you see yourself? doing everything that you're doing right now when you was in the military? Absolutely not. Um, when I was in the Marines, I was just set on doing my 20 years. I was going to get out. And it was, you know, my, my mindset was so poor, man. It was like, I'm going to do my 20 years. I'm going to take my pension and I'm going to find the state that has the cheapest quality of life. And I'm just going to retire there. And at the time I was 19. So I wasn't thinking like, you know what, that, that, that Marine Corps pension at the end <laughs> of the day, <laughs> it ain't doing nothing. It might pay, it might pay my car note, you know, mm -hmm. and a couple of the house bills, but it's not going to give me the comfortable life that, um, that I thought I was. But to answer your question, I had absolutely, um, no idea that I'd be the, you know, the David Santiago of today when when i got into the marine corps mm. so at what age did your mind shift from like man i want more what my current lifestyle that i'm living it ain't the lifestyle that i see myself in the future i know i don't know what i'm gonna be doing but i know it ain't this what age did you realize that did you have that mindset uh switch when i was 17 i knew i needed to find something to remove me from mm -hmm. the environment that i was in because i was already mm -hmm. a knucklehead um, mm -hmm. I was hanging out with the wrong people and I don't even like to say that they're the wrong people because some of them are still my friends now. It's just, you know, I was 17, you know, so you just do, you do dumb shit mm -hmm. when you're 
seventeen, and you know, you got my, you know, my friends were very like, "Yo, let's do this, let's do that." So at seventeen, I was kind of like, you know what, man, I gotta something's gotta change, and uh, I was like, you know what, maybe let me focus a little more, let me try college. So mm-hmm. I started like hitting, you know, my last my senior year in uh, high school. Um, I started was like, you know what, I'm I'm gonna go to college. <clears throat> um, I did a year of college, and I still felt like I needed more. And what I mean by more was like I just needed to be a, a ta- uh, separated from my environment as a whole. I was like, I need some structure. I definitely knew I needed some discipline. And um, I was like, you know what, man? I always wanted to be a Marine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Let me start exploring that now while I'm in my first year of college, see what they could do for me. And um. At 19, after I finished my first full year of college, I knew I was like, I got to leave because I was just ignorant and I was just, I was doing, I was still doing dumb, you know, I was still doing dumb shit. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I curse, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just still, I was very ignorant. And um, I told my recruiter, I was like, I need to leave ASAP if I'm going to do this. So he told me this was in, uh, in June, June 2001, mm-hmm. it was like, we could get you out of here by October 25th. I was like, absolutely not. I won't go. And I tell you what, I was in the debt program for one week. One week. One week. Mm. I swore in. A week later, I was gone. I was in Paris mm. Island, baby, on them yellow footsteps. So <laughs> I say I, at 17, I started noticing I needed to mm-hmm. do better. Um, at 19, I started taking action, and my first course was joining the military to get some structure and some discipline. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, yeah, that was pretty much that's what kickstarted, you know, everything else. Okay, so so and it's crazy that you say that because you said something about like like trying to get more. It's wait, wait, you said something about wanting more out of life, meaning that when you start to realize that you start to grow just a little bit, and that's what the topic is all about. The phase of growing is a lie. So when do you think it's time to grow mentally? Mentally. You know, man, I don't think there's a, there's a set age, right? Mm-hmm. And I think what society does, uh, I'm not saying what society does, what society tells us mm-hmm. is that by a certain age, you should have your shit together and i think that just creates more anxiety and stress on the individual right whether it be a mm-hmm. man, man woman you know in the individual right so like they'll tell you you know what 22 23 years old you need to get just you need to get your, your shit situated and mm-hmm. i'm like proof of that because i say like i got my head out my butt mm-hmm. when i was 35 like i was all filled with ideas but i wasn't a doer and at 35, here I am, you know, now I'm making it happen. I'm, I'm 39 now, I'll be 40 in, in two months. And what I've accomplished in five years is absolutely insane. So, like, to answer your question, I don't think it's an age appropriate. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's not like, hey, by 21, you're considered an adult. You need to start getting your, your stuff together. I think when you realize that, your life experience has brought you to absolutely nothing and you're sitting there and you like, yo, 
what have I done with my life? As soon as you have that very first conversation with yourself, that should be the, that should be your aha. Like, oh, hold up. I'm not, I'm not doing enough. I'm -hmm. not doing enough with my life, with my, with the, you know, whatever opportunities I have. So now it's time for me. Like, I really gotta, I really gotta get on the ball. So like, I don't think it's an age thing. I think it's just, everybody has that moment when they'll sit down and they're just like, damn man like what am i gonna do with myself man like i can't be like this as soon as you have that conversation that's it you need to hit that Mm. you need to hit that that road at 120 miles per hour (laughs) that's crazy that you said it let me so let me tell you why i asked you that question in that particular way because like you said it's not an age limit i i I didn't want you to say at at, at this age i did this and i figured this out because in all actuality it doesn't it doesn't matter how old you are it's all about your mindset and when yeah. when you're when you actually decide like listen what i'm at right now i don't like it i don't know what i'm gonna do but i know there's more yeah and that's that's the reason why i asked you that particular question to see like like when exactly did your mind switch not the age but the mindset mindset time you see what i'm saying yeah absolutely i mean like i said you know a lot of people like to really there's no such, there's no age limit to when is go time. I mean, mm-hmm. let's think about, you know, I don't want to beat this, this question crazy, but let's think about, uh, what's this Ray Kroc. You know, who's Ray Kroc? No, I do not. I do not. Do you, know, do you know, do you know McDonald's? I do. He's the man responsible for the McDonald's that we now know today. <laughs> yes, right? I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This dude was... 53 years old selling ice cream machines from door to door at Mm -hmm. 53 years old. Like my man was hustling. All right. 53. He's knocking on doors telling you, Hey, this is whatever the VM three, four does this speed, et cetera, et cetera. I'll tell you what me at 39, I couldn't Mm -hmm. do that job. And I know you, at 22, you're like, hell no, I wouldn't be able to hold the job like that. My man was 53 years old when that light bulb went off on his head and he started McDonald's. So now could you imagine going back in time and having a conversation with this dude and telling him, yo, it's too late. You're 53 years old. Like you can't put, you can't put an age on when it's your turn to mm-hmm. be successful. And because of that, when I was 35, I was like, you know what? I'm still young, man. Like, I'm still a horse. Like, put me in. <laughs> so, yeah, there is no whoever's listening. Listen, if anybody's telling you you 23, you 43 and you haven't done nothing with yourself, it's too late. That's BS. Now, turn mm. it around, go out there and do something and come back in two years and show them the, the beast that you are, the beast mm. that you came. Do you hear me? Oh, <laughs> and, and and actually, I did. Like, I, I do know who that is. I forgot the name. So when you got to telling the story, I'm like, yeah, okay, because I seen the the struggle that he went through. And you know yeah. how relentless you have to be to do that at 53. That's, that's a lot of that's a lot of that's a lot of pride mm-hmm. that you have mm-hmm. to follow, especially. Mm-hmm you doing it now like there's a lot of people that are just starting right now and then their 40s and 50s and when you look at you got some kids that are 18 19 years old they're already multi-millionaires hmm. you know like that's that's what you up against right now 18 mm-hmm. 
15 year old millionaire that will run laps around you. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm trying to I'm trying to get in contact with them. I'm trying to network with none. Nah, it ain't it ain't about competition no more. Nah, it's about yeah. collaboration and see if we can build with each other. Absolutely. You at a level that, that I'm trying to get to. I right, so now I'm about to ask questions. I right, so listen. I'm trying to get the level that you at. What advice yeah. can you give me? But I ain't, yeah. ain't gonna be no typical question like what, what advice can you give me? Nah, nah. I want to know everything. I want to know everything. You, you see what I'm saying? You want skirt skirt up? I want to see. Do you hear it? <laughs> I want to see what's under that skirt. Do you hear me? So and how'd you do it? I want to mm-hmm. do it. exactly. So at the age of 35, right? When you was 35, when did you come up with this idea that I want to be an entrepreneur in the route that I want to go is gonna be something different that I ain't never seen before? So I've been cutting hair. I've I've been cutting hair since I was 15. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't understand what I had like what those skills could really do for me Mm -hmm. until I went into the Marine Corps because Mm -hmm. you can appreciate this. Who wants to walk around with a messed up haircut in the Marine Corps? (laughs) First of all, no man wants to walk around with a jacked up haircut, but now you get into the Marine Corps and you on base and they're giving you these high and tights and you're like, whoa, hold up, man. Like, damn, Mm -hmm. my joint or something. And, um, what I started learning was like when people found out that I could cut hair and they started coming into my barracks room and now you got lines out the door. And now on top of that, you got the CEO, you got the XO who's like, Hey, Hey Bronx. Cause that's what they would call. Hey Bronx. Mm-hmm. I heard you cut hair. So like, I was like, Oh man, hold on a minute. Like I enjoyed it. One mm-hmm. which is a plus. Cause you know, it, you have to enjoy what you're doing. If not, mm-hmm. you're going to just feel like a job. <laughs> so I was kind of like, yo, when I get out the Marine Corps, I think I'm going to open a barbershop because I can make a killing and it's cash. And I actually enjoy this and everything, you know, that the culture uh, brought forward with it, you mm-hmm. know, barbering. So I would say like at 21 is when I really started getting, uh, I say like that entrepreneurial bug mm-hmm. bit me, but I didn't take action because I was just ignorant and I didn't know any better, you mm-hmm. know? So f- at the age of 21, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. At the age of 34, going into 35, I knew I spent way too much time thinking and not doing. Hmm. Yeah. What was you afraid of? Failure. <laughs> Failure. And not... You know, I I didn't have um, there was no entre- there and there still wasn't any entrepreneurs in my family, mm-hmm. so like there was no one for me to look to and ask these questions like, hey, this is what's in my mind. How do I attack this? Oh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. this one hundred and one stuff. And it's like, yeah, you could go online and you can read how to start a business and all that, but nothing tells you how to really get over that fear. And the thing about fear is they we're introduced to fear to be actually afraid of it and not want it. Mm. Now, as a successful entrepreneur, I understand that you need fear because at the end of the day, it's, it's a lesson. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. what I was scared of was failure. Mm-hmm. What I look forward to now 
is failure because now I got that out. I get it out the way. Now I mm. know what I don't have to do and what I mm -hmm. do have to do for my next move. So mm. ultimately, that's what stopped me was fear of failing because it was like I didn't know how would I get how would I get back off. You know how am I mm -hmm. gonna get back up on my feet? So I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna invest all my money and mm -hmm. lose. So I became complacent and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I stick to the nine to five, live within my means and mm -hmm. get my pension and live my, you know, live my average life. Mm -hmm. So, so you earlier, you just said that you didn't have nobody, no example to look up to. So let me ask you this. Did you grow up with a single parent in the household? I did. Yeah. Just me and my mother. Mm. Mm. Okay. So the reason why I asked you that particular question, because we all have the same story. Well, majority of us had the same story. Single parent mom didn't have no father figure in the house or like like it, we, we're all coming up the same way. But just like you said, fear can stop a lot of people. Sure. With fear, what it does, what it needs to do is give you a push to keep going, keep going, keep going. I right, just because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm just going to do it anyways. I'm just going to do it anyways. And that's what the brand is basically uh, based upon. Failure is knowledge. You have Absolutely. to fail in order to succeed. And once you're once you're failing, you're actually building up the courage to fail. Absolutely. 100 percent <laughs> It's just crazy because, like I said, you know, the way is bored, the way is put to us. And um, I kind of want to put that on, I, I don't want to say it's uh our parents, I kind of want to mm -hmm. say it's the educational system. Mm -hmm. right? The educational system teaches us like, hey, this is how you do something. This is the only mm -hmm. way you do something. And if you don't do it right and you fail, guess what happens? It's going to reflect on your report card. And when you bring home a bad report card, what happens? Mom Dukes getting that ass, right? <laughs> <laughs> or you don't pass or you don't graduate or mm -hmm. you don't have good, you know, it's that failure that fear of failure because you know it's it's directly associated with something bad mm -hmm. instead what they should teach us is hey you know you should be a free thinker there's multiple mm -hmm. ways to to come up with an answer for this or to solve this uh scenario mm -hmm. you know no such thing as failure you know there's only lessons to be learned mm-hmm <laughs> I mean, you, you you start us if you start us at a very young age developing that kind of capacity mm -hmm. by the time you in high school you're just ready you you probably won't even be thinking about college because you already know what the hell you want to do you already got a drop shipping company going on you're already involved in transportation you know the last thing you're worrying about is college i'm not saying that college is not important mm -hmm. i'm just saying like You'll skip out on a lot of other things because now as an entrepreneur, like that's a whole other world. That's a whole other planet. A hundred percent. I think. Oh, bad. Go ahead. All right. So like I said, you know, I think it starts off with the educational system, you know, with them teaching us that, you know, failure is a bad thing. Like we don't mm -hmm. want it because that's how our parents came up. So mm -hmm. when our parents came up, all you had to do was graduate high school and they thought you were successful, at least mine. Mm -hmm. You know, so, <laughs> you know, what do you know? Mm -hmm. 
I, I man, I completely agree. You over here dropping bars, man. Ooh. <laughs> you over here dropping bars. And and so let me ask you this. What's been your biggest failure over the time that you then acquired all these businesses? What's been your biggest failure or your biggest lesson? Let's say that. My biggest lesson is I should have never, ever, ever doubted myself. Mm. Ever doubted myself. I should have never, ever doubted myself. I should have rolled the dice because in the past five years, I've proven to myself the 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 beast mm-hmm. I am, you know, that I'm I'm able to tap into and and just transform into. And mm-hmm. I don't think that that's something that was a uh, that's a new newly found. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, that beast is in that beast been in me for years. It's just I wasn't laser focused. You know what I mean? I was ignorant, mm-hmm. and so I had to get you know get get educated a little bit, mm-hmm. a little more, you know, uh, financially astute. So, yeah, that that would be my biggest. That's what you said, right? What was my biggest failure? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Doubt, biggest doubting biggest failure. Doubting mm-hmm. myself. Biggest failure. I doubted myself for so many years. It's like, mm-hmm. this is a great idea. Nah, I'm not going to be able to do that. Mm. And yeah. what year? I know you've been an entrepreneur for five years. Did you stop down yourself at 21 or at 35 when you actually start taking the leap was, of faith? I was 34 years old and I'm and I remember I was on my couch watching TV. Mm-hmm. And uh I, I was at the time I was already just YouTube and a whole bunch of stuff like business ideas and just like financial literacy. Cause I started mm-hmm. preparing myself because I was like, yo, I'm about to be crazy rich and I need to know how the hell to to manage this money like this is what i was telling myself right and at the mm-hmm. same time i was watching these videos about like uh the laws of attraction you know whatever mm-hmm. you put out to the universe is gonna happen so now i'm like yeah now i'm definitely gonna watch these videos because i'm about to be rich um and i'm like 34 years old and i'm sitting on the couch and i remember going like yo why i can't sleep at night and why haven't I been able to sleep at night for like five years? Because every time I wake up, I have ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, listen, man, this shit got to be happening for a reason, bro. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I think God's been trying to talk to me for so long. And I've just been so ignorant and not did anything with this. Let me start writing some of this stuff down. Mm. Man, listen, once I started writing stuff down and like looking at it and seeing how mm-hmm. it looks and like developing the visual. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? Let me take a couple of thousand dollars, a couple couple grand out and just let me do this for myself. The worst that could happen is I fail, but at least I get to say that I tried mm-hmm. and I did it and I'll never regret. I don't regret. I will never, ever regret, you know. It going down like that i'm i don't even regret you know i even though i said you know uh the 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 fear of failure like mm-hmm. i don't regret the way things turned out because i feel like this was the way it was destined uh to be i don't think what i got going on right now i genuinely don't think i would have been able to handle it at 25 or 30 years old you know i needed some more experience i needed to i need to i needed to go through some more you know, some more life 
life um sorry about that i needed to go like, through yeah. some life life things mm-hmm. before, you know i could have handled what i got in front of me right now that's incredible that 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 man that's incredible so let me ask you this so all your business that all your businesses that you have are they evolved around here no not at all mm. only 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 one which is scalp okay. solutions actually mm-hmm. two scalp solutions and then i got scalp solutions grooming which is you know men's grooming products so we got shampoo conditioning hair growth serum mm-hmm. i have care products for the actual procedure the scalp micropigmentation procedure mm-hmm. um, those two are one and the same um everything else you know is the transportation so you got the trucks right the big 18 wheelers mm-hmm. and you got the dispatching company with the dispatching company is kind of like um what's a good uh so you know it's like air traffic and control for airplanes mm-hmm. but for trucks mm-hmm. so these are the people that go and they find the loads for you and make sure that the country is moving mm-hmm. you know so that's two that's two in the same but mm-hmm. has nothing to do um with hair and then you know you got the laser teeth whitening mm-hmm and then um you know the pot oh actually the podcast is around uh essentially around like hair but more so the procedure the, the scalp micropigmentation mm, so what hair did for me was gave me the money to open up the doors and fund everything else that i knew i wanted to do mm. yeah and- the reason why I asked you that one particular question that particular way is because I just figured out my passion. And because like I always ask things that I always want, want to have an understanding of. So the reason why, like I just found my passion like two days ago and What's what that? it is podcasting. Cause what I was trying to do, I was trying to do real estate. Real estate is a good industry. I'm not going to leave real estate alone, right. but I'm keep doing it, but I'm going to perfect podcasting to actually like like understand the concepts of like everything that goes within this just so like it can fund what i want to do just like you did absolutely and listen even that with real estate i mean at, at the end of the day podcast is podcasting is great i do it i love mm-hmm. it i never thought i i'd love it like i genuinely enjoy it but mm-hmm. we living in a time that you can't just have one source of income mm-hmm you got to have multiple sources of income. So if you have knowledge and education on real mm-hmm. estate and once you start monetizing your podcast and you take that money and you don't recycle it into what you know about real estate, you might as well just take the gun and shoot yourself in the foot right now, playboy cuz <laughs> Don't 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 just just because you love podcasting, don't forget about like the information, the knowledge that you have on real estate, like you, mm-hmm. you gotta apply that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to love real estate, but you, you can love you can love the money you make from real estate. A hundred percent. Listen, I'm I'm not gonna stop doing it. No, 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 no. That, that's not what I was saying. But I was, what I am saying, I'm gonna focus on podcasts right now. Then have adventure off to like different things to where it's like you did. Like you got you have different businesses and different industries to where you're creating multiple streams of income. But all oh, that came from you cutting hair. Oh yeah, absolutely. Everything started. Everything started <laughs> with clippers and the trimmer, bro. Mm-hmm. Everything's mm-hmm. into the name, even to having the name and and having my name, having the name trademarked, and mm-hmm. oh, the different opportunities and 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 um, the offers that I've been you know made for that has been mm-hmm. crazy. It's just all started with hair. Nothing that mm-hmm. 
when I started cutting hair, here's what's crazy, right? And I'll tell you, when I started cutting hair, I didn't start cutting hair because I wanted to make money or I wanted to be a barber. Mm-hmm. I started cutting hair because my, we were poor and my mom didn't have the $7 that it cost to get a haircut. Mm-hmm. So she would cut my own hair and she would, man, she would zinc my joint up. So when I was like 12 or 13, you know, I'm in that phase and I'm like, you know, now I'm, you know, I'm into girls and it's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to hang out with something nice. You know, it's no more just playing basketball and stuff like I want to have a girlfriend now, you know, mm-hmm. you want to be a little more presentable. Right. So what's mm-hmm. what you want to be? You can't be fresh to death if you don't got a nice haircut. Hundred percent. So, you know what, mom? I want you to cut my hair no more. So for my thirteenth birthday, I want you to buy me and this clipper and this T outliner, mm-hmm. and it was thirty dollars. So I told her this is what I want for Christmas. So she gave me thirty dollars mm-hmm. cash. What I didn't know at thirteen was there was taxes. So when I went, there was like it's actually whatever, like thirty eight dollars or whatever the hell, and some change. So I went collect some cans for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Got my money right. And I bought me an Andes T outliner and I started shaping myself up mm-hmm. and I started shaping up my friends and I was just helping them. And then I was kind of like, yo, let me charge them and see what they do. So I was charging $3, $5 for a shape up when I seen I started getting cash. Right. And I'm living in the projects now. Mm-hmm. So you talking about this volume. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, oh, hold up. <laughs> I'm on to something here. Mm-hmm. But it originally stemmed from me just genuinely wanting to give myself a haircut and not look all dusty. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now it's helped me build everything. It, it's it's been the gateway to everything that I have now. Mm-hmm. It, it, man, that's powerful. So so let me ask you this: we gonna we gonna switch the topic a little bit. Right. What's been the biggest thing that your daughter has taught taught you? What's been the biggest thing that your daughter taught you? Oh, patience. Ooh, okay. Patience, man. Um, patience in everything because it's is it, you know what is just patience and understanding. Mm-hmm. Because oh man, this is tough. There's so much that comes out of um parenting. Especially mm-hmm. me growing up, not uh, not having my dad there to mm-hmm. influence me to, mm-hmm. to be the man you know that I am today. So like my daughter was responsible for educating me on how to be um, a good dad. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a good dad figure at all mm-hmm. in my life. So, you know, yeah, my dad wasn't there, but, you know, you might have like an uncle or a cousin and you're like, damn, he's such a fucking dope dad. Like, I didn't have that at all. So it was like a lot of trial and error. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm talking about like now, mm-hmm. nine years old now, it's just like patience and and understanding. And I'm able to bring that over to business because, man, I ain't have patience, brother. Mm. <laughs> I, I have no patience. You got to have patience as a girl, too, you know, so it's like mm-hmm. you got to you got to be super patient with them with everything like instructing them and mm-hmm. when it comes time to to discipline them you can't be all like extra aggressive you gotta mm-hmm. chill. you gotta let them talk you gotta sit down hear them out like all the things that you like i'm not used to and you just want to jump right into things <laughs> <laughs> okay that's a great that's a great question man 
I, I really appreciate this. So, so let me ask you this. It's going to tie in with the question I just asked. At what age, so your daughter is nine years old, right? What yeah. age for yourself did you start to realize, I need to start having patience? Like, because it ain't going to be easy, but I need to start having patience. At what age did you realize that? Dude, I still tell myself I need to be patient. Mm. <laughs> uh, so I tell you what. I tell you what. No, I tell you what. Patience started kicking in. I'm going to say maybe like about two years ago. Mm. Like you're talking about like overall, like overall for business. Uh, well, yeah, for overall. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, man. So like I knew. I've known for years. I really embraced it about mm -hmm. two years ago. Because mm -hmm. um, especially from a business perspective, mm -hmm. because we're uh, we we, you know, as humans, we want we want everything right then and there. Mm -hmm. What I learned in business Business is no different than the drug game, right? The faster it comes, what ends up happening? They get caught up. Yep. They get mm -hmm. caught up. Same thing with business. That money come fast. You lose out on the experience of what it feels like to somewhat struggle so you don't appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And you end up flopping sometimes. Like, it's a statistic. Mm -hmm. So, like, I had to tell myself, like, I got to stop being so thirsty to get up here and appreciate what's happening in between because that's what's going to essentially prepare me when I get right here. But if I just go from here to up here, I'm missing out on so much knowledge and so much failure in between. Like, I'm going to need that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I would say, like, about two years ago was when I was really like, you know what? It's okay. Like, just chill out. Slow it down. Take it day by day. Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> like, we as people, I understand exactly where you're coming from. We as people think just because we got an idea, we supposed to be a millionaire by tomorrow. That's what, when I started real estate, I'm like, all right, I'm going to start real estate. I'm going to be a millionaire by next month. Guess who won a millionaire? <laughs> yeah. You know, in my industry right now, um, you know, it's, it's incredibly lucrative. Mm -hmm. There's over 50 million people in this country suffering from hair loss. So we have clients, potential clients. And, um, you know, I get a lot of them that come to me and they're like, yo, I've been doing this for six months and I still haven't done this. I've been mm -hmm. doing this for a year and I still haven't done this. You know, how can I be as busy as you are? How can I? And I'm like, yo, I've been doing this for four and a half years. You know how many times? <laughs> and how many times for a whole month I didn't have a client mm -hmm. or for two months I didn't have a client and that's the thing you know a lot of people come into business I mean everyone comes into business for money of course mm -hmm. but they come looking at the, the end game and it's just like oh I'm gonna make a hundred thousand I'm gonna make two hundred thousand oh this dude made half a mil I could definitely do it mm-hmm and they don't have no business foundation skills. Mm -hmm. They don't have no business experience at all. They just think, oh, okay, I know how to do this now. Let's rock and roll. And now mm -hmm. you have all gassed up, and now you two, three months in, you paying rent, you haven't done a client, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, what do I do? Now you get discouraged, and you're like, nah, I don't want to do this no more. Mm -hmm. you're, 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 the, the, the niche that you found was is incredible. Is incredible. How did you how did you even come up with it? So I I didn't I didn't originate um this technique. 
What mm-hmm. happened for me was I was on active duty. I was in Wounded Warrior Battalion East down in Bethesda. And I used to cut the Marines hair before they received their Purple Hearts. Mm-hmm. So a local barbering uh, group, they, they, they had like this, uh, it was like a weekend long barbering conference with competitions and stuff like that. They reached out to me and it was like, yo, we having the fastest fade competition. And we know all you do is fades there. And we saw you. I came out on this website. It was called Barbershop Connect. It's a huge platform within the barbering industry. So, mm-hmm. when, you know, they did their little research. They saw I was in Maryland. So they were, and I'm in uniform. You know, I'm wearing my uh, I'm in my utilities. Um, So they reached out and they wanted me to participate. So I go participate in the fastest fade. I win. I do a mm-hmm. fade in like five minutes and like 38 seconds. And now I got my trophy and I'm like, let me go look at the other vendors. And as I'm coming across, I see these two gentlemen there with someone like on a massage chair. And then I'm like, yo, they doing tattoos? Like, doesn't make any sense. Like, this is a hair, this is a hair show, like a hair and beauty show. Man, when I got within five feet of that booth and I saw what it was that they were doing, mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be revolutionary. I was like, this is a game changer. Because mm-hmm. having been a barber for so many years by then, I had so many clients that were like, hey, what can you do for my hairline? Can you fill mm-hmm. this in? Can you do this? So I had a whole bunch of uh, little little tricks that I would do, you know, like Beijing or, or Kiss and, you know, these dyes. So mm-hmm. I was if that's a tattoo, that means this is permanent. So they don't got to worry about coming to see me twice a week. Or hanging out with their girl and it starts raining and now, you know, the hair fibers all over their faces and now it turns into an embarrassment. Mm -hmm. So I started talking with them, telling them, you know, that I wanted to do some training. They didn't want to, they didn't want to train me. It was like super duper secret. So Mm -hmm. I ended up finding some dude, uh, his name is Jeff Picasso. Mm -hmm. And I I had him, you know, he, 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 he trained me, gave me my fundamentals. And then from there, I just went forward and just kept doing my thing. Took a couple of master's classes in between, mm-hmm. you know, to, to sharpen, you know, sh- sharp, sharpen my skills. And then, um, you know, it just kept picking up and picking mm-hmm. up. And then I was just, you know, meeting the right people and having the right conversations and, you know, mm-hmm. came out on a couple of publications and stuff. And then that was it, man. But I knew it was going to be crazy. I, it, and, and we're not even this. There's no one that's put it on a platform where it's a household name yet. Mm. There's a lot of people that don't even know about what it is that I do or the several other hundred artists that that do this, Mm -hmm. that it exists. And when that does happen, it's going to be game over. Like the industry is just going to be absolutely crazy. The reason why I asked you that question, because we get ideas from from our environment, right? i.e. failure is knowledge i've always heard failure success failure is a a teacher failure is this failure is that but why hasn't nobody ever said failure is knowledge when i start to realize that i'm like oh yeah this gonna be big yeah. it's gonna be this gonna be big because it's not just a, a typical brand it's a brand that empowers people but just the name alone failure is knowledge what yeah, like, you jumped all over that, right? He was like, I'm taking that. I already got my trademark for my LLC. I got it, my logo. Yes, sir. That's the way to do it. Listen, you're going to trademark that because you can leverage that. You can make a lot of money off the trademarking alone. I'm telling you right now, I have this right here, trademark. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly mm-hmm. broad because you could do mm-hmm. anything with the scalp and there's a solution for 
there's like a hundred solutions for your scalp. Mm-hmm. You can't use that name. It belongs to me. You can pay me. <laughs> you can pay me. Or you can buy me out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, listen, this, this episode been incredible. It we, we got like we've been on for like 40 minutes. I know you gotta go around like 45, but listen, before we close out, before we end the live, is there any last closing words that you want to give? Uh, and like what you want to like to the to the hustler like how about you prompt me okay to the to uh a, a, a newly entrepreneur a newly entrepreneur that's that's getting to entrepreneurship a new entrepreneur okay so here's what's gonna happen mm-hmm. need to read mm. a lot and what i mean by that is get some books that are gonna help you in whatever industry it is that mm-hmm. you are and I know I said read a lot, but here's the thing. You can read all the books that you want and get all the information you want from YouTube and Google, but you have to have a plan. And mm-hmm. that plan, the first thing has to be to attack because you can read all the books in the world and have all the knowledge in the world. But if you're just going to sit like a chump like I was on the couch mm-hmm. and not do nothing, then you're just wasting time. Mm-hmm. So read. And have a plan to like six months, get your knowledge up and you're going to go out there and you're going to reach for the stars. And once you reach for the stars, you have to have an understanding that guess what? You might not grab one mm-hmm. because it's not easy. This shit, this entrepreneurial, uh, you know, thing, you know, that we in that we in this, uh, I guess this like the flavor of the year. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but they're not ready to do entrepreneurial shit and part of that is struggle you know to really in the struggle and really pursuing your your, your dreams so you got to get ready for that don't be scared of failure you're gonna fail failure is good you need that that's experience that's gonna turn you into an absolute animal and once you get to the top don't be scared to look down under and bring somebody up with you mm. straight up mm. <laughs> it's, only gonna, it's only gonna bring you up to the top i learned that you know once you start empowering other people you have absolutely no idea what these people know who they have access to mm-hmm. so you know once you get there don't forget to look down and see your one of your whether it be one of your homies or a family member bring mm-hmm. them up with you because they might be an amazing resource to you mm. Mm. That hey, listen, I, I felt that to my heart. Woo! I felt that one. So you you want to go ahead and plug your your uh social media tags, your information, just in case if somebody want to reach out to you. Yeah, absolutely. So again, my name is David Santiago. I'm the CEO and founder of Scalp Solutions. We are a men's non-surgical hair loss restoration clinic. You can check me out on my website at www.scalpsolutionsny.com. That is also my social media handle, Scalp Solutions NY. That's on Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, you can check me out on YouTube under David Santiago. We got a, a YouTube series called The Boss of Hair Loss, where I, um, you know, you get to see me doing my thing in my studio, saving lives, giving men the hairline back. 
And I also uh, host the Scalp Solutions podcast where I interview artists from all over the world. And that's available on all major platforms and also on YouTube. Mm. Man, Dave, you know, we locked in for life. I got your number now. Oh, we good. You you got direct (laughs) access to me, man. We Marines and I'm a firm believer in, you know, Marines. We take care of Marines. Mm-hmm. And like I said, um, I think what you're doing is great. You're going, you know, I see you on top, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I really appreciate that. But for everybody in the two thing, I really appreciate y'all for showing us love, for tuning into episode number 14. And continue to start for greatness. Continue to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, can't nobody see your vision. You dig what I'm saying? David, hold on.